Hi, if I could take a moment of your time before we start. If you've enjoyed previous episodes or if you enjoy this episode, if you could subscribe on the platform that you listen to, that would be really helpful. It helps us get more guests and push the podcast forward. Thanks. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi listeners, I hope you've been enjoying the podcast. I'm Sam Moores. You can now find the podcast over on YouTube in video format as well. That is youtube.com slash car chat podcast. If you've been enjoying them, it would be super helpful if you could leave a review, like, subscribe, all of those things on whatever platforms you are using. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. And with me today, I have Jens Sverdrup. Is that how you say it? I think so. That's great. Um, yeah. Hi, Jens. Um, all the way over from LA. Can you introduce yourself and say who you are and what you do? Yeah, well, as you said, I am Jens uh, Sverdrup. <laughs> That's the correct way okay. to say it. Yeah, and uh, I am the chief commercial officer at Singer Vehicles here in LA. So That's what I do. Cool. Well, what is, what is the chief commercial officer? What are you in charge of? Yeah, that's it's a very wide description, I guess. You know, I'd say, in short, everything commercial. So uh, building the, yeah, all the commercial structures, building the brand, you know, PR, marketing, you know, I'd say everything that is not manufacturing the car. Okay. Basically. Okay. So, so I'm not of- involved <laughs> in, uh, obviously, in the finance department, uh, of, apart from asking them for money, and I'm not involved in the production line. Yeah. Uh, but I'm involved in everything else, including, well, you know, design features. and you know, It's a very wide and interesting job description. Yeah. It sounds... <laughs> how... Okay, let's talk through a bit about your journey, because I know you've worked on some interesting things over the years. Sure. How did, how, how did you start out? You sort of always been a car uh, person. And- yeah, you mean how did I start with the singer? You mean, or just just generally like your Me. life journey? You, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's by coincidence actually. I'm uh, I was supposed to be a musician. Oh really? So, yeah. What, what, what <laughs> yeah. instrument? Well, what I play instrument? guitar. So my education oh, cool. is mainly in music, and yeah. uh, that's what I thought I was going to do. And I had the so I guess. 
you know, when I was like, I think I was four, you know, so I had like <laughs> two big passions or three actually. <laughs> uh, so, uh, my mother brought home uh, like a scale model of uh, like a uh, Maserati Bora. Yeah. It was silver with a you know stainless steel roof. Really nice model, and that just fascinated me so much. Uh, and that kind of sparked the whole automotive uh, interest for me. So it's mm. a pretty old interest. And then music was a similar thing, you know, where I played violin as a kid actually. Uh, where it just fascinated me so much. So it's just stuck with me for all these years and. And I thought I was going to do music and have cars as a hobby. So, yeah. so it just, uh, well, I don't know what you know about the music industry, but it's pretty, you have to do a lot of really basically stuff you don't like. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you have to play a lot of music you don't like. You know, there's a lot of hustle just to yeah, pay the bills and everything. So I did some cool stuff, but a lot of the stuff I did, you know, I didn't like and I, yeah, well, there is a specific episode. I won't go into it because it's pretty graphic. But I just rem- remember, you know, having a moment. It's like, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm gonna try to do cars full time now. You know, yeah. I, I had an accident on stage, basically, <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> on some Christmas cruise, uh, oh, which right. is okay. I've been rehearsing eight hours a day for this, yeah. you know, and doing my education and all that stuff. So. <laughs> so so yeah so that was okay so now I'll I'll do cars full time and uh, and I'll do music part time and I'll mm. only do the music I want to do which kind of worked for a couple of years until I started saying no to good music gigs and then I was yeah. out you know so, and then cars was full time and and basically I only worked with cars I loved so so I you know because I'd always even back when I was like sixteen seventeen I would have you know fixed and sold whatever motorcycles mm. and cars and so I always had like a car hobby where I bought an old you know Alpha was a big deal for me yeah, yeah. Alphas and Ferraris so so that's kind of so I flipped cars for many years basically yeah. you know bought them you know restored them a little bit drove them for a summer and sold them and then on to mm. the next one so I wanted to do that full time so I basically knocked on some people's doors and said hey I'm gonna come here I'm gonna work for free and then, uh, so, so I started out like professionally, I guess, you know, when, whenever I decided to go full time, I, I must have gone a year without the salary for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I started out at the, like a classic Ferrari, they restored classic Ferraris and Alphas basically. And then, uh, yeah, quickly started selling cars basically. I did everything for them I mean, you know, to help them with servicing. I just wanted to learn everything yeah. was to learn about cars. You know, and uh, you know, I don't look like a mechanic, but I can, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I can do some yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah quickly became pretty successful at it. You know, I you know managed to do the whole marketing bit very well, and yeah, like creating a market for ourselves and everything, and that led on to another business which I, which I was co-owner of, which was also on, uh, you know, within. Classics and exotics, basically. That's always been my thing, like supercars. The cool ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just my childhood. You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm born in '72, so you know yeah. all the you know all the cool Ferraris. It was a good time. You know, everything from it's just everything from the '60s and '70s always fascinated me mm. a lot. You know, especially the end of the '60s, beautiful cars. So, yeah, yeah I mean. Uh, well, you know, yeah, I can go on forever. But anyway, I started, so, so I, at some stage, I wanted to give it a go with like more 
newer cars. So I I uh, I got out of the companies I was in, and this was Norway. And I thought, okay, I have to go to Sweden. Sweden was a member of the EU and had like official Ferrari dealers, etc. So I started mm-hmm. basically working at uh, as a sales manager and then general manager for a Ferrari dealership. When we had Pagani, and we yeah, we eventually we got Lamborghinis. I was head of the Lamborghini thing for nice. the Nordic countries and. And uh, then I did supercar events at the same time. So we would rent. Uh, and, and also after the financial crisis, the car sales stuff was pretty tough. So we, uh, we, we did a lot of events. So I would rent like the Nürburgring and Spa and, you know, for my, all my old customers, basically. Yeah. You know, so, yes, I did that. And then I got chased to do Koenigs, I guess. So you probably, that's probably what you remember. That's where we met, I think. Yeah, yeah, must have been, yeah. So, which... Uh, yeah, I mean that was also in the midst of a pretty dark period. Yeah, I guess sales-wise. So, so it was very interesting times, and you know, be able to kind of re not restructure, but re rethink a lot of things. You know, that was yeah. done there, and trying to make things work. And you know, I guess one of my big issues was okay, we're misunderstood. You know, no one mm. understands the brand. You know, they think we're just a lot of horsepowers and for wealthy new rich people and we felt we were all about innovation and engineering and and that was clearly not the common conception of us so yeah so, I, I yeah. sort of remember that like back in the day i sort of i knew that the Koenigsegg had crazy numbers but that yeah. was about it and then just yeah you no didn't knowledge. know how <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was, and I remember reading all the, you know, pistoned comments and, you know, even in Sweden, you know, no one knew what we were doing really. They hadn't, and I came there and saw the cars and go, wow. And having come from Pagani, you know, I was there quite a lot and it was there, wow, this is another (laughs) level. You know, these guys are really doing everything themselves. And, you know, Christian is brilliant. So it only took me one meeting with Christian to go, okay, fine. I'll, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. Whatever. It's your you're the real deal, that's for sure. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, he's he's a brilliant man. So, um, so anyway, so that was like a big thing there, and that, I think that's a big reason why it's become as big as it has become today, because uh, the, the brand got understood mm. you know, eventually. So, so anyway, yeah, I've done a lot of consulting for many brands after that, big and small, which I don't want to bore you with it, but uh, basically, we'll can fast forward to Zinger and basically I think they called me was it four years ago where one of my colleagues from Koenigsegg had left Koenigsegg he was the CTO of Koenigsegg his mm. name is John Gunner so he had left to America to do this basically to be the CTO of this project and I remember he told me it's like it was just like a once in a lifetime opportunity you know I will never get the chance again to be at the forefront of like changing you know, the industry this much mm. again, you know, and obviously it was the additive manufacturing he was aiming at and, you know, how yeah. different we were doing things. And that really struck a chord with me. And so we started talking like four years ago and the car, honestly, I didn't really appreciate the way it looked at the time. And, yeah. and uh, but I th- so definitely, I th- yeah, sure. This is, uh, this is really cool. And, you know, I saw the chassis and everything. I was blown away. This is just, you know, I could just see the opportunity, the, uh, the possibilities, you know, of yeah. creating wild and crazy stuff. <laughs> and, 
And at the moment, we've only scraped the surface of that. You know, there's just so much cool stuff coming. So, um, so, and then eventually, you know, things got pushed and, you know, it took a bit of time and I was doing, you know, like a lot of consultancy work and things like that in the meantime with, you know, Remac and others. Mm. Uh, and, um, uh, and then you know, I got the call. It's like, okay, we're ready. <laughs> when can you come? Can you come next week? It's like, well, that's yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm coming. So that was it. And then I was presented to see something that looks more like what you've seen, basically, which was, oh wow, you know, you guys have developed your own engine. It's like, holy, <laughs> you know, it's like really. <laughs> so, so it was like at the way higher level than I even could have dreamt of to be honest where there's just so much innovation going on it's just yeah really really mind-bending to me so because yeah, that, uh, so was, that, that was, was a no-brainer for me it was yeah. okay i have to do this and i was uh, you know and i was given a blank sheet of paper it's like listen we don't have a brand name you know and uh, kevin zinger he wasn't really comfortable calling it zinger yeah so i had kind of had to tickle him and force him pretty much, you know, because he felt it was like a big ego thing to do. But it's like, yeah, Kevin, it's your thing. You know, it's your name. Let's put it on the car. It's, you know, that's, it worked for Ferrari. It worked for Lamborghini. It worked for (laughs) Pagani. (laughs) You know, why? (laughs) Why not? And so eventually he gave in. But it was like a really cool thing to just be handed, right, we have nothing, start building your strategy and you know the brand and just do it you know your way and so i got very very free hands so yeah an amazing opportunity yeah it sounds it's it sounds like a really cool place to come into a company and yeah you know, what <laughs> yeah. you were saying at the beginning about there's all these companies at the moment these new hypercar things out there yeah and you know like what separates singer from just another you know like it's it sounds mm. like it's they're doing something completely different as opposed yeah, yeah, to yeah yeah i mean if you look uh, if you look back in time right uh, you know if you've just like last last 20 years there's been hundreds of supercar brands trying and yet yeah. you know only only pagani and Koenigsegg and Bugatti, obviously, kind of made it. Uh, Bugatti, mm. I think, got a lot of help, for, you know, financially, yeah. so they <laughs> could. <laughs> okay, the, the the product is really distinct either way. So, Koenigsegg has his own thing, for yeah. sure. You know, you don't need to look. Uh, you'll see where I'm going with this <laughs> eventually. Mm. Uh, you don't need to look for the brand name to recognize what car it is. Yeah, it has his own engineering you know his own solutions his own design language love it or hate it it is what it is you see it immediately that's a Koenigsegg and you have a Christian on top you know like a very charismatic you know leader Mm. and so you need basically what I'm coming to is to be able to succeed but you you, I can say the same things about Pagani actually they have their Mm. own you know very distinct style and they have Horatio and I'm not sure if it would be so easy for Pagani to break through today, having uh, uh, an engine from Mercedes. Yeah. Because you kind of need to even have your own drivetrain now and your own technology and all that. But there was an opening in the market. I think it would be tougher for them today. I think but, it is tougher that for them right now because people are looking at, you know, let's say Koenigsegg or whatever and going, okay, well, this is like 
you're really doing some stuff now, whereas Pagani, yeah. they're not so yeah. much. That definitely paid off it at Koenigsegg. The, the, basically the hard way, where we put everything into R&D and, you know, just mm. really, really, you know, didn't take out any money. It you know, just kept on doing more and more in-house. So that, that paid off eventually, you know, to develop your own technology. Yeah. So, so if you look at, uh, and then there's hundreds of brands that hasn't made it. If you look at Zinger, I mean, we have, everything is in-house. It's stuff that revolutionize, will revolutionize the car industry for sure. You know, the 3D printing. We're 10 years ahead of anyone in the game. Mm. You know, we have our own, we have, we already have 350 patents, you know, on this and other things. I mean, we have our own adhesives, our own powder to print with, our own printers, or, you know, no one can copy what we do. Yeah. There's no way. You know, there's people dabbling with 3D printing. You know, there's brands who has like some brackets and stuff and, you know, they yeah. do some marketing spiel on it, but this is another level and, and it's not, it's not a gimmick. We're not using 3D printing to 3D print. We're using 3D printing where we can make something lighter, stronger, better, whatever. You know, if not, mm. then obviously we'll use pre-preg carbon. You know, if there's, uh, and which we do in certain areas. So, so I think we have so much. And oh, again, you know, on the design side of things, we have, uh, you know, I don't think you need to, to search for the badge on the card to see what it is, even with the, you know, it, yeah. it's distinctly a zinger. Love it, it or hate distinct, it. It's distinct, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's not about making the most, you know, and I, I don't want to fall out with anyone here, but if you look like, you know, you have cars like the Pininfarina and everything, of course it's beautiful, but it's kind of, it's kind of like, ele- it's like the elevator music factor. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's not ugly, but you don't, yeah. it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't stick out. And if you take away the badge, you know, it could be a lot of cars. You know, it's another mid-engine cars. And you can say that about a lot of lot of new yeah. supercars. It's like, okay, here we go. Just another mid-engine. Formula. Yeah, it looks a bit like a Ferrari. A lot of cars do because, when, you know, they're beautiful. Don't get me wrong, but they're not distinct enough. So yeah. so I think I think we have all the ingredients in the soup you know, to make this work. And yeah, so far it is working. So that's, you know, the proof is in the pudding. And obviously we also have a very steady, you know, from the technology company side, which is Divergent, obviously there's, you know, 15 big or more probably customer programs going on, you know, with, you know, with a very solid B2B business. basically, yeah. And yeah. So has that, has that side of it been around for a, a long time or a longer time? Yeah. It's, they're both relatively, I mean, it's both relatively new, like five years old or something. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. so, but obviously, you know, it didn't just come about, <laughs> but yeah. the companies were, were, yeah, were, was founded back then. And that's been really successful. And, and, uh, cause it's, it's something that's sorely needed. And if you look at in terms of, ditching tooling out of the equation of building cars. I mean, yeah. for us as a hypercar brand, it just means, uh, you know, we can just get to market that much quicker. We can do R&D that much quicker. We can do trial and error without spending a fortune, you know, as opposed to doing tooling for some carbon stuff and you go crash testing and go, oh, wow, that didn't work. You know, we can <laughs> we can move <laughs> so much quicker. Basically, it un- unlocks creativity for us. So you'll see some crazy things basically coming coming out, some crazy inventions. We've only kind of 
lifted Scratch the lid the surface, a little bit yeah, yeah. Uh, on on what we're doing. So I think you know it's it's not just another hypercar, and that was like a big one of the first thing that came on my notebook is like this is so different from everything else, and it's got so much substance. You know, there's underneath the, that body, there's so much real stuff going on. Hmm. It's not a vanity project from another you know, guy who wants his name on the car. It's like yeah. the opposite. I had to force him to put the name on the car. I, I but, love yeah. that. I love yeah. that he didn't want it. And then... No, no, absolutely he didn't want it. It was like, really, it took him, you know, he's very strong. He's a very strong, yeah. charismatic person. So it wasn't an easy, it was not an easy process. So, but I still feel it's right. But he's, he's kind of like the opposite of a lot of these other guys, I would say, where, yeah, yeah he's was... a tech guy. You know, he's an inventor. He's the lead inventor of the company and a highly, very intelligent guy. He has no, like, ego to put his name on the car. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I think that was one of the things that massively stood out when I saw, was it a Top Gear video? Was mm-hmm. it a, a Top Gear video? The car, was that one of the first ones? Uh, yeah, the we had them over, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had them over, yeah, um, way before the launch, yeah. And it was it was the first time I've seen a new car in a while, yeah. That from a you know new company where you started showing some of the engineering parts and the, the additive process and the 3D printing mm. and the I think the robots building yeah. was it the chassis uh it's um, yeah they're basically bringing the uh, parts together is what they do yeah uh, uh, uh so cuz it's like hyper precise and yeah. uh, and we have a special adhesive basically so so that's what they do they're bringing parts together to create the monocoque because there's no human that can do it precise enough. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it, yeah, it was, as I say, it was, it was a, sort of the first time in a long time I've seen a company and go and sort of gone, Oh wow, this is, this is like a tech engineering company that is yeah. making a car rather yeah. than someone's just said, I'm making a car. I'm going to put a million horsepower in it and it's going to be really fast. And you're like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. But why? I think why? that's happened a lot. And, and if you look at our approach, I mean, I've said this in, in other interviews too, but for me, it was a dream come true to have a car that actually worked. We've been driving <laughs> this car for a year already now. Yeah, It's got you know, a lot of mileage on track, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So basically, when I, the day I came for my job interview, they started the engine for me. Nice. And I believe you me, I've been a part of a lot of projects where it's all about, let's just make a mock-up and see if we can take any orders yeah. And we can, you know, like, okay, there's always more substance to it than that. But it's that mock-up model is pretty yeah. common. Everyone does it. McLaren, Aston, everyone does it. Yeah. You show a car, see how many people will buy it. Yeah. And then two years later, it arrives. If something else arrives, that's not really, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Different engine. <laughs> <laughs> now you can do that when you're a brand, because then you have the trust, everything established. Mm. And, you know, I've always struggled with getting any results out of that when you're not the brand and i felt so strongly that if you're ever going to launch a new brand we just have to go there you know at geneva with a working car it was so important for me to have like videos and you know of the car actually driving yeah you know not fake you know although you know it's not it's not by any stretch of the imagination it's not a finished 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 car you know, it's still a lot of mapping to do and everything, but uh, it it performs. You know, yeah. those numbers we've promised, they're not taken out of thin air. That's, I can <laughs> promise you. So, so, so we can, you know, be really confident when we launch the car and say, it will do this. <laughs> and, and we've been driving it for, well, 
we started test driving of actually the blue car on the Geneva uh, mm. show. That's been out testing since August last year. Oh, wow. So that uh, already had, obviously we refurbished it before mm. the show, but that already had, you know, substantial mileage on it. So, oh. so it's a very genuine approach, I think, like honest, yeah. which I like, you know. It's, Have you found people reacted to that quite well? Yeah, like, yeah, because it's it's credible, yeah, and it's uh, and it's uh, definitely an easier s- sale to put it that way. It's uh, mm. what I think. It's all these brands that you mentioned that has come up lately, and yeah, I mean every week uh, there's a couple of ones. I mean yeah. in the Balkans alone, there's like twenty electric hypercars. You know, you yeah. probably haven't heard of all of them, but but of course, all that stuff has created some sort of uh, you know people are skeptical. Yeah, yeah. You know they don't want to part ways with their money easily. So now more than ever, you know, it was the right. You know, we couldn't have gone to market with just another mock-up because we yeah. would have been in that other camp. But now, you know, I think definitely, you know, people. I think we had uh, like previews back in August uh, last year in Pebble Beach. Hmm. Uh, secret previews. Uh, were you there? No, you weren't. No, no, no. No, um, there was some English guys there actually, and we started the cars for people, and they were blown away. Wow, it starts, <laughs> you know, and it, we revved it to like eight, nine thousand at least. Yeah, yeah. It sounds pretty good. So, <laughs> you know, so they were blown away. And so only the fact, you know, that that was enough for some people to okay, this is the real deal. I am yeah. happy placing my deposit now. So it's not us asking for deposits to finance this. Yeah. This, uh, you know, big ego's dream, it's like the opposite. It's a guy without, you know, any prestige behind it. And we're not asking for anyone's deposit to finance, you know, this car build. We've spent, I don't know, over 150 millions, probably closer to 200 already on this car. So, I mean, it's done already. We're not, we're not asking anyone to pay for it. Yeah. yeah. In the future, I know you probably, you probably can't say anything, but the... Is the line of the company, are you going to keep making hypercars or are, you going to, are there going to be more sort of cheaper price road cars or is it more of an engineering company that makes some cars? Yes or are you and not, yes. Let's say. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, it's, it's, it's all of those. It's not an engineering company that makes cars. It's, 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 it's a car brand yeah. that is made to stand on its own mm. two very solid feet. Yeah. yeah, there will always be a hypercar. But there's there will uh, there will also be other models coming, uh, and yes, they will be uh, cheap. Is not the right word to use there because they won't be cheap, but they yeah. will be more affordable than the hypercar segment, and they will be equally groundbreaking in whichever category we're in. Yeah, <laughs> they will be equally innovative and groundbreaking, and you know whatever we compete against is going to be a lot lighter and yeah. have a lot higher power to weight ratio and and some really cool design features and just you know another way of doing things no i don't think we'll ever who knows i don't think we'll uh, you know we're not porsche yeah, you know yeah, yeah. so we're certainly not going to make like a corvette competitor or anything like <laughs> that but that uh, so we'll definitely all the future models are definitely up they're, they're high end basically mm. and they're performance oriented if you could yeah. sort of surmise Zinger into like a an ethos or like a yeah. phrase, like what are the cars about? Like what's the 
the car is about, I guess there's, there's like three main pillars and that's like revolutionary technology, mm-hmm. mind bending performance, you know, like envelope pushing performance. Yeah. And that's a huge part of it. And, and the iconic design language where it's distinct designs. So those, I, I think those are like three very important pillars and, and we'll keep pushing the envelope of what's humanly possible in terms of, of performance. You know, we'll push the envelope on what's possible on, on technology. We'll just as hard as we can and we'll definitely push the envelope in terms of design, you know, because this thing, as if we've only scratched the surface on what's possible to do here. Yeah. So you'll definitely see some pretty wild and crazy stuff coming out, which is just creativity. You know, it's it's because yeah. hypercars is art. So you should be able to, you know, make an expression and and again, love it or hate it. You know, you, at least it's your expression. Yeah. So and also this crazy, I guess you can add to that this crazy attention to detail which we have. It's a shame. Did you see the cars? In, I saw the car in London. Yeah. So that's like, I mean, that's the two first cars. Yeah. I mean, we're, you can imagine what the production ready cars will look like, you know, in terms of attention to detail. I guess mm. you saw the engine bay and some of the yeah, stuff. Yeah, it it's really, mad. I mean, we do everything. There's not a bracket that's off the shelf, you know. So, and that's like at the core of it. Even if you don't see it, if you lift off that body, it should look like, like a Patek Philippe watch inside, you know. Nice. Like, yeah, that's that's part of the... That's part of the the car, basically. Yeah. You know, we've got such great engineering. It should be, you know, we should be proud and we should show it. You know, take the body off and show it. And and yeah, there will be, yeah, you you, you see some of these details anyway through the car. Yeah. You know, it's so that's yeah. So those those things, I guess, should that's mm. us. Yeah, <laughs> it must be quite refreshing. Basically, being given the sort of free reins to do marketing wise whatever you want and not yeah. necessarily go down whatever the classic routes would be. How, mm. how have you sort of approached this car and the brand from a marketing point of view? Yeah. Like what's been your sort of... Yeah, I I don't believe in marketing basically. So, and I don't think, uh, you know, like you cannot build a hypercar brand through like paid advertising and, uh, and yeah. stuff. You know, it's... So I've gone really and will continue to uh, go down the PR route. So for us, it's all about just proving ourselves and, uh, you know, and making sure the car is seen. So that is, that the strategy is super simple. There's just no way of putting ads on or paying to be in media, et cetera, et cetera. It's yeah. just good old fashioned hard grind of being at the shows you know, being in in the media, let it, letting all the best journalists in the world test drive the car and scrutinize it. Don't be, you know, too nervous about being <laughs> criticized. You know, just uh, so that's that is kind of the marketing strategy is pretty much. Well, it's event based, and there's a lot of events you will probably never see. You know, like yeah. you know, we're bringing the cars to well. I don't want to give away too much, many secrets. Places. But, yeah, like, like small, <laughs> very small, intimate events yeah. uh, up to bigger events, such as obviously Geneva and Goodwood and all these things. And uh, a lot of uh, work with the dealers. You know, I believe in dealer networks. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe it's good for the customers. I don't believe in any direct sales at all because it doesn't benefit the customer. 
So basically, what I want to achieve is for any customer to compare us with the best of the best. Mm. So uh, at Geneva, we, that would have happened. You know, we were right next to Bugatti and yeah. and these guys, of course. So anyone could make their own sound judgment. It's not us, you know, chasing. Hey, come buy our car. <laughs> it's like, hey, come have a look at it. We're as good as these guys or better. Yeah. So that's. Uh, so that's the situation you want to be in, in terms of uh, of lending the car out to really, really strict and scrutinizing journalists, or, or, um, yeah, doing shows basically where people are able to compare, or being out um, with a good dealer, basically. So we we have we already have a decent dealer network, but this is growing every month now. Yeah, all those dealers have. I prefer dealers who have other brands like Bugatti and, you know, all our competitors. So people can compare, you know, they can go from, yeah. you know, the, and make their own choice instead of having anyone selling to them. Uh, obviously, we are, all these products, they're so different anyway, so they don't really steal anything from each other. It's, but it's just good for us to be put in a position where people can compare because we're new. Yeah. You know, we're, we're a new brand. We don't have a brand to sell off. We sell off the product. So, yeah. and, and I think if, if you're a customer and you go into a dealership that's got Bugatti, Pagani, and, yeah. and, the, and there's a Zinger in there, they'll go immediately. You're going to yeah. put them on the same level because they're in the same dealership. Yeah. And then those customers, whilst they're servicing their Bugatti, might be like, oh, what's this? Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of, yeah. So that's, and, and that would only work with a really good product, <laughs> you know, if our car wasn't good enough, obviously that yeah. would just backfire. But, uh, I, I've, I've been in the business long enough and the team we have, obviously they come from other brands and we know what we're doing. We are definitely aiming for the best of the best. And we know that when we park that car in a dealership, you know, they obviously, it will, it will definitely look the part and it already yeah. does. So, so yeah. that, that that's a good scenario for me. So it's 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 just the strategy. It's just hard work, you know. Like you just have to spend that one-on-one time with the customers, mm. one-on-one with journalists, and you know the journalists are important. You know, I respect. I have a lot of respect for like people like that really knows how to drive. You know, like Jethro Bovington and Chris yeah. Harris and these guys. You know, Henry Catchwell. There's plenty of good ones. They they really know how to drive. You know, I want their feedback, you know, I w- and obviously I would hate them to, to, uh, slaughter the car and <laughs> I don't think they will, but you know, you, you have to be brave enough and confident enough to just, there you go, you know, yeah. test it, you know, uh, and a lot of these brands, they don't, you never see them in, in any proper, you might see a first drive or something like on a very controlled environment, but yeah. you only see like. Bugatti has lent out cars. They're confident, you yeah. know, that it won't break down. Apart from that, <laughs> that's really it, you know. So we are definitely that. We're confident, you know, we can lend the car out for a week to a journalist whenever we're ready. And we don't need to hoover, like, be a helicopter hoovering <laughs> over it, you know. It's like, Some there you go. Just, running around. You know, we'll, we'll make sure it runs right and everything, but we, we're, not, we're not constantly afraid it will break down. You know? yeah. I think that's, that's really cool to see that. And obviously you're, you want the best product. Yeah. So if you let people yeah. just do the stuff they do and criticize, then you can we make that. a better yeah. product. Yeah. Otherwise you that. don't know. Yeah. 
And we've already taken a lot of uh, customer and media feedback from all, well, our launch that didn't really become a launch, but uh, we still got enough feedback, you know, online, customers having seen the car and everything. We've taken all that in and, and obviously, you know, some of it doesn't make sense. But if if you ask 100 people something and, and 98 of them say the same thing, yeah. they're onto something, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so so you listen to that, you know? It would be stupid not to listen to it. Yeah. So so that's what we've done. So we're, we're making some, obviously, changes uh, for the production, you know, uh, ready model and everything. And, and we can. We're... Our technology yeah. enables us to move fast. So. Yeah, Improvements. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Selling selling cars in this sort of price bracket, the how, where do most of the cars sort of get sold? Is it? I know we have like Geneva got cancelled this year. Yeah, um, would that have been? Is that a, a major selling point? Yeah. Or is it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it actually turned out it turned out really <laughs> really bad. Where we, I mean, it's. Nothing is lost, but obviously we took also a lot of cancellations. Uh, we were oh, going okay. to Geneva with a car. I was convinced we we wouldn't leave Geneva without selling out because yeah. we had like half of the uh, order stock spoken for already. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You know, and obviously that's changed a little bit, you know, and there's people who's just, you know, just saying, listen, I have to sit on the fence a little bit now. Yeah. Yeah. I need to hold off. I don't know if I can afford it anymore. And you have, you have all that stuff, of course. So, which you just have to, you know, so we, we, we don't really know, but yeah, Geneva is one of few shows which have a very high concentration of buyers. Mm. And uh, again, you know, those buyers are able to compare you, not test drives, but they can at least compare, especially us as a new brand, they can compare fit and finish and, you know, like perceived quality and yeah. to the other cars he's buying. And, you know, and the customers are becoming more and more educated 
in terms of seeing, you know, good carbon quality and all that stuff. Because they've been visiting these factories for many years now. So, yeah, so that's Geneva is definitely a big deal. And it's it's very traditional and old school. And I see a lot of brands are like hoping they can do live streams and stuff. But to me, that's like pointless because you cannot compare my my product to the other one's product. So that's not good for the customer. Yeah. You know, like me or you going to Geneva to buy a car. I mean, you don't get the same thing watching five different live streams. (laughs) It's not the same, you know? Uh, Well, at least you go to Geneva to put like five cars on the list of, of factories you will visit yeah. and then test drive and then you'll pay after that probably. That's what I would do. But uh, yeah. you know, some people don't even do that. So, so yeah, it, 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 it was a, it was a big blow for us yeah. for sure. It couldn't have happened at any worse time. And as a new brand, well, we don't have a brand. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. It's an interesting one. Cause lots of people are sort of talking about whether, you know, everyone will just pull out of Geneva and, and whether there'll be no more mode shows, but I was well, talking I think I, yeah, I don't know. Well, I think at this, uh, I'm I'm a hypercar market guy. I don't, yeah. I don't have a lot of knowledge of. I suppose if you're Volkswagen and you know, like mainstream cars, then maybe yeah, it doesn't, you know, because. I don't think it makes much sense for those brands, like really. Probably not. No, it certainly makes. It's just. It makes sense for us, for sure. Uh, yeah. It only makes sense if all the others are there. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, yeah. We, we, obviously, we want all our major competition to be there. We want to be there with the best so people can see that we're also up there. So if you're not, then obviously Geneva is worthless. You know, if your yeah. product is not good enough, then, and you see that every year, you know, there's like hopeful new brands coming and, Obviously, the customers are way too smart now, <laughs> so there's no way you can get away with crap carbon, and you know. But you see it every year, you know. So that's uh, I don't know if they will ever do it again. Those sort of companies. Well, I kind of hope. I have a love hate relationship to to these things. Yeah. I have a love relationship because it's always created you know a lot of results and. And with Koenigsegg, it was like, it was the event every year. That was like, yeah, that's the main thing. Internationally, you know, we sold cars in America because of Geneva. So I don't know what to do to replace that, to be honest. uh, Yeah. I uh, think for the hypercar market and and the sort of specialist cool cars, that sort of show works really well because you get the buyers. Like the buyers and people you know, random people like me, media type people can go and have a look, but yeah. the the buyers will go to that show and they will do their car shopping for like the year. Yeah, they or do. Or at least like, they, they pick all do. the places. And that's, uh, yeah. I think that's the only show that, that, that really happens on. I, I've been to a lot of these shows and, and obviously the Pebble Beach and Goodwoods and it's like, Geneva is a shopping show <laughs> for that <laughs> segment of cars. Is there people coming with a list, you know, because yeah. they're there representing their boss or whoever. It's like, yeah. they have a list of cars they're sent out to have a look at and then try to make a good deal, you know. <laughs> that, that, I don't see that happening any, on any other yeah. events, really, at that 
magnitude. So yeah, so in in a way, it's cheap, you know, although it's mm. really expensive. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's so the that, one place you can go and get to all these people. I mean, what would the solution be? And uh, what is this uh, utopia? I mean, we, if all the top brands could get together and say. Let's just rent this place and let's yeah. just... Let's rent a track. <laughs> let's just all of us have the same stand. It will never happen. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and let's just not waste all this money on building stands and all the lights. Let's just all have the same stuff. Yeah. Let's all and, meet in uh, one car park. <laughs> it's, uh, it would be great, but I, I don't see it happening. It's like, oh. hello, Bugatti. Do you want to, you know, <laughs> do you want to display on the same terms as we do? No, no, yeah. I don't think so. so. It will always be some sort of a pissing contest, you know, I think. For sure. So, yeah. What do you think about these sort of official, unofficial high-speed records? Is that something that you guys are going to get involved with? or uh, Top speed. Uh, I mean, yeah. we have a pretty decent top speed. We will prove it, you know, uh, that it can do our claims, uh, or preferably a little bit faster. Uh, yeah. um, no, I don't see us going into the top speed game. Uh, we're about, I mean, we'll have a high top speed. It's over 270 mile an hour. It's fast. You know, but, that is uh, quick. Yeah, it's <laughs> rapid. But uh, no, we're more about lap times. and uh, It's a driver's car, basically. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of sacrifices on like a car that has a really, really high top speed. You know, it's it's hard to make that car fun to drive in 60 mile an hour on a twisty yeah. Scottish road. Or You know, our car is made to be fun for that, whilst also retaining a high, very high top speed. But no, I don't think 500 kph. I, I don't think it's possible to combine it all, you know, and yeah. Yeah, because you want a car that you can feel everything and get yeah. the emotions and like yeah. it moves around a bit. But presumably, that same car that's very hypersensitive or sensitive at well, I mean, 300 miles an hour is, is very tricky. I mean, the steering, you know, you can't have a super sensitive direct steering <laughs> and have a car that goes in, in, in like 300 mile an hour. I mean, I, even with the best electric steering racks and everything, it's still. It's yeah. still, you have to make a sacrifice somewhere, you know? I mean, we're definitely towards, as crazy as it sounds, because we do have a high top speed, but we're definitely towards uh, slow speed fun, basically. Mm. It's a lightweight car, you know, that's really, I've, I've had a few goals in the car, and it's really fun to drive just in normal, you know, road conditions, yeah. you know? And you can feel the weight, or actually lack of weight. You can really feel it, you know? Like, you have an F40, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, the like weight. cars. It's just yeah, the weight. It's just that feeling of you hit a little pebble and you feel it in your steering wheel. Uh, steering wheel. That that's what the F40 does. You know, I'm I haven't driven one in a while, but I did drive them quite a lot back in the days. And to me, the F40 was all about the steering feel and mm. you know the the feeling of lightness. It wasn't about the straight line performance for me, although it has it, but it was like, it was so much fun to drive on a, like a normal, slightly bumpy, twisty, yeah. like mountainish road. And that was, you know, and that's kind of, if you take some of these modern heavyweight, you know, hypercars, it's kind of been lost, you know, that sort of definitely. light on the toe feelings. And that's definitely something we're claiming back. That's for yeah. sure. 
Yeah. It's it's so refreshing every now and then driving something that is light. Um, yeah. I, I drove some Lotuses recently and they're, they're quite oh, yeah. light. I drove yeah. Tim's Senna that's reasonably light. Yeah. And you just, everything's just so much better. Just yeah. so much better when it's light. Then yeah. you go and drive, I, I can't think of something that's stood out, but let's say like an F12 or something like that. It's yeah. got 730 horsepower, but weighs quite a lot. Yeah. Not, and and it's just, that horsepower just becomes pointless. Like it doesn't, you don't get the same sensation as a light car with a, no. even a small amount of horsepower. No. no and you feel that, uh, to, to me, that always intimidates me, that weight when you really go for it, you mm. know, it doesn't matter. You just feel it moving around. You know, there's like a big engine on some rubber bushings and, yeah. and you, you can't really trick physics that much. So you just feel <laughs> it's, you know, things are you, at some stage, you know, even though they're really good at, at hiding their weight, at some stage you feel it and it, it intimidates me. Yeah. You just know that, oh yeah, if this one breaks loose, then okay, then yeah. Yeah. That's then like, it's gone. When your car... Has- I spent some time in a, a convertible V8 Bentley Continental recently. Yeah. And uh, that's two and a half tons. Yeah. And they've got loads of trick motors and stuff to oh, yeah. make it, you know, flat and yeah. all this sort of thing. Yeah. But at the same time, you're just well aware that it's two and a half tons yeah. that you are moving. And yes, it handles quite well. Yeah. But you just, if something goes wrong, you know you're, you're like, eight miles down the road before it's going to stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just that you, if you, I don't know, you're, they're trying to build, you know, feel and all that stuff into them. But then actually, if you have a lightweight car to start with, exactly, you don't really need to fight so hard to get the right steering, steering feel. And, you know, is the mm. canvas is a lot, is a lot better canvas to start with basically. Yeah. So, and I enjoy what, what do most of us do? I mean, you, I guess you go to Wales and Scotland, you know, where you live. Yeah, and not that often, but yeah, most of the time. No, but, you know, for, for driving or yeah. whatever, down in Sussex, there's some roads, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Surrey has some roads, but they're pretty bumpy and and narrow. And there's yeah. just no way, you know. And to have a hypercar, what do you do with it, you know? Uh, I, I have it, no idea. If it's not fun to drive <laughs> on those roads, what's the point? So that's for me. That's a big deal because I've yeah. been spending. I've, I've been driving a lot of these cars, and and a lot of them are just. You go on like a whatever, like an Alp trip or whatever. It's yeah. just it's like where's the fun? I had more, you know. I've sat behind the steering wheel and longing to a Lotus sometimes. Yeah. Like uh, I used to have a Evora. It was mm. like great fun for everything. Great car, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and you sat behind the steering wheel of some you know, high horsepower or something yeah. doing a hundred KPH. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't feel anything, you know, yet you, you just need to go faster to feel anything. So that's, yeah, that's a huge deal for me. And, and with this car, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's a big deal basically to be, to <clears throat> be able to have fun in like, yeah, normal speeds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in LA, obviously, we have these beautiful mountain roads, you know, in Santa Monica Mountains. Mm. There is like twisty mountain roads for days. So the car is made, you know, to be driving switchbacks and these, you know, nice flowy, you know, Malibu yeah. and Santa Monica Mountain roads. You know, that's what it's made for. So 
there's no way you can <laughs> you can't do 200 mile an hour on them there's just yeah. no way so it's, I, I think the the seating layout of the car is actually really interesting from that from a road space point of view yeah because yeah you like you drive like a, a chiron or something it's huge takes yeah. up all of your road and more whereas like yeah. yeah. you know i have an old 911 and that's like half the width. It's not quite, but you know, of a yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have so much more to play with, and your comfort level of driving on your own side of the road is is so much higher. Like, yeah, and, and also sitting in the middle. The- actually, it's it's easier to place the car even on a narrow strip. Yeah. So even if it was you know two point one meters wide, it would still be easier yeah, uh, to, you're much to place closer. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. How how wide is how wide is the Zinger? Uh the one we showed at Geneva is what is like it? In comparison to something else. You- uh, it's uh, I'd say it's one eighty seven. So it's pretty close to what, you know, the Ferrari three sixties. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. because they were like one ninety, I guess, or something. Yeah, three fifty five, three sixty. That sort of width, you know. so it's the same sort of footprint, uh, mm. I guess, as as those sort of cars. So uh yeah, I had a, a sort of random question. In different parts of the world, have different taxes on cars. Yeah, and does that does that seem to affect how many people from those countries buy your cars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it does. Yeah, I mean that's why China has kind of lessened as a hypercar market because yeah. taxes. And I mean, had it not been for these crazy taxes, I think you, you would see a lot more cars going to Singapore, Thailand. You know, these countries have. Yeah. I don't know, up up to 300, 350% taxes. Of course, that's crazy. It affects even the wealthiest <laughs> individual. Even if he's got billions, he will still go, well, yeah. do I really want to do this or maybe I'll just not do it because it's yeah. just so much more expensive. And then the resale value, you know, it just cannot be. So, yeah, it definitely affects those countries. Uh, well, most countries have taxes, but. Hmm. Some of the Asian countries have crazy high taxes. Yeah, I'd never really yeah. thought about the resale point of view, but yeah, I guess your your three hundred percent tax is just wiped out if you sell it elsewhere in the world. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So your your market is limited. I guess even depreciate. I, I don't. I haven't really done any an, analysis of it, but I can only imagine it's is the market is so limited. It's going to affect resale value. So it won't yeah. be the same as we're seeing in the rest of the world and. And uh, a lot of these countries, yeah, you don't get a tax refund on export. Mm. So, so you kind of, the car is stuck in, in that yeah. country. So that, uh, yeah, it does limit, limit the market a whole lot. Yeah, but, for sure. Uh, yeah. In terms of getting your cars serviced, are they going to yeah. go back to the States? No, no, no. They will be dealer in England. So England is one of the few places we actually haven't signed a dealer yet. And it's, strangely, it's also... I think we took our first order to England. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the first car sold it was to England. Cool. But um, uh, there will be a dealer for sure. There's ongoing uh, negotiations and with a, with a couple of of dealers in the UK. So yeah, there will be fully trained service personnel and everything. So yeah, and in Germany we already have three locations where you can service the car. So so we'll be well covered in all the. All the areas you will use the car. So Germany, yeah. Switzerland, you know, the Riviera, uh, yeah. UK, of course, you know, Scandinavia. So, we, yeah, you'll be 
you'll be well covered for warranty and you know as any other like bigger brand so before the end of the year we should have roughly 20 dealers you know mm. signed up worldwide so, so okay, it's pretty cool. it, and we're long way away from deliveries yet so so uh, when when are the first cars going to be delivered i mean this covid-19 crisis yeah. is definitely affecting that so uh, i mean yeah, I, I, I don't have a good answer for that. All I know is we were supposed to start deliveries uh, mid mid next year um, okay. already. So that might be because we are a little bit, bit behind the curve here mm. from the UK. You know, we just, I think California just peaked in this whole COVID yeah. thing uh, like a couple of days ago. So... So I don't really know when we're allowed to go back to the factory. At the moment, we're not allowed to do anything. We're not yeah. allowed to, yeah. So uh, well, okay. Original plan was mid next year. Yeah. So, so a bit after that. Probably you're looking at. It's gonna be pushed for six months at least. I think. Yeah. So yeah. Are we gonna Are we gonna see a Nurburgring lap? Uh, I think so, yeah. Although it's not, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure we'll do it. Yeah, it's not yeah. The, the top of the list yeah. for the first tracks to do, but for sure, you know, we have to. Where's but, the top uh, of the list for the first track? I it's just because it's uh, close to us, and we're doing a lot of de- development driving there anyway, uh, and that's yeah. uh, tracks like Laguna Seca, for example, is very close. Yeah. So oh, it's just practical, <laughs> you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's uh, it's a cool track. It's a very fun track, and it's challenging track, you know. So. Not easy to set records there. That's probably that's probably most likely going to be the first ones, just because it's here in California and yeah. uh, Nurburgring. I mean, yeah, it's it's a, it's it's so different from any other track. So uh, so for sure, we'll do a few other tracks first, and mm. and it's the car. The car is not particularly maybe made. It's not a Nurburgring car, but, yeah. uh, you know, so we have to work a lot on the setup and everything. It's like a high downforce, super lightweight car. Although on the Nurburgring, you cannot run that high downforce because you have to have a car a lot high. It's more like a rally car, you know? Okay, so, yeah, yeah. so you lose a lot of your downforce and yeah. So it's definitely, it's a very different type of track. So, so we'll see, you know, I'm sure it will, but I'm sure we'll go there and we'll yeah. see. Will we set a record there? Mm. It's it's uh, nice to hear that you're you're gonna go, uh, you know, you're going to tracks. You're gonna set some records, whatever. Like you're gonna, I want to see the car out doing stuff. That's basically. Oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So that's the first thing. So we we have a skeleton team. We've been allowed to have like a really small team working on, on just getting the cars ready mm. for testing, basically now. So. So, so that's the first thing that will happen when when things open up again is that we'll be on the racetrack, basically. So, yeah. and obviously now we don't need to hide it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so it will be seen and heard. You know, there will be people who, who yeah, who will not get their phones confiscated anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no more fully a, private test days. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've yeah, we we had a battle. You know, we closed off a street in Hollywood. Yeah. And uh, you know Hannah Burgess, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and she literally, I mean, she went. You know, there were hundreds of people there, and she <laughs> went to all of them in, in her very strict English, in English manner. And uh, <laughs> I, you know, do I have to take your phone? <laughs> you know, no, delete it. You know, so she went around to probably two hundred people and told them to delete their nice. videos and everything. <laughs> and I guess I, some guys, I promised. Okay, if you promise not to post anything. 
I'll give you yeah. a test drive when when you're ready. <laughs> like, okay, okay, okay. You know? <laughs> so, so it was a battle uh, keeping that car secret because uh, it's been out driving since August last year, as you know. So it was really, is, yeah, yeah. That must be one of the biggest challenges prior to a launch is just keeping it quiet. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we, yeah, obviously we kept online all the time, and you know, stuff came out. And yeah. then, you know, Hanna or me would get in touch with them and say, please, please, please. Yeah. You see, they're all car guys, most of them. Yeah. Uh, so they would, yeah, yeah, we'd do anything to help you guys. Yeah, I'll take it off. I'll take it away. Yeah, so they're all, it was relatively easy with the car guys, at least. Mm. You know, now on Hollywood Boulevard, where we did filming, it was more like, they didn't really care about the car. It was yeah. Mr. Celebrity driving it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, is that Brad Pitt in there? It's like, no. Okay, well, fine. No, we no, don't no. care. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so they did, they had no clue what the car was. They thought it was a new Batman movie or something. So yeah, no, it was yeah. No, I had, thank God that's over because that took up yeah. a lot of time actually just to keeping it quiet and it became a sport in the end because I was like, I am sure there will be a leak soon. Yeah. And another month ago, no leak. <laughs> Damn. And I even spoke to guys in, you know, that were aware of it, like yeah. journalists and, you know, you have, uh, you know, the guys from Shmi and all these yeah, guys yeah. and, and they're going, there's no leak yet. Yeah. And they <laughs> knew about our filming in Hollywood. So they were sitting, yeah. they were ready. It's like, yeah. I cannot believe how you managed to, you know, <laughs> stop all these leaks. And then, and so we made it to Geneva and I never thought that would happen. I, I was very yeah. impressed. Yeah. Very impressed that I didn't see much until I never the thought video. that was possible. Not in America where everyone is glued to their cell phones. I mean, yeah, yeah it's yeah. Yeah, well, a bit of luck. <laughs> no, it seems like it, it seems like a really cool car. Um yeah. it seems like you've got the right people with the right ethos behind it. For sure, yeah. 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 No, it's it's and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it out and about at some point. Yeah, and you know, we'll, you'll have to get you in the car too, and I'm, get your, I'm get your opinion. Keen. Yeah, totally. And uh, uh, anytime you're, I mean, I, I I'm still based in the UK, basically, yeah. but I I'm traveling back and forth for meeting and meetings and stuff. No, I'm kind of stuck here <laughs> with the COVID yeah. thing. So. <laughs> and I thought, well, yeah, there are worse places. I, I thought uh, you were in London. I thought you were in the UK, and then you're like, oh, I've got to yeah, do this from no, LA. No, I'm here, and we thought, okay, with all this stuff going on, might as well just stay here mm. until it's safer to travel. But, uh, you know, anytime you're over here, you know, you have a standing invitation to the factory. And uh, as soon as the car is, you know, like civilized you know and, yeah. and like polished enough to offer test drives uh, it's not really there at the moment it, uh, today it, it performs well it's not you know the, the smoothest thing around town yet you know mm-hmm. we still have a lot of work to do on on that stuff but but yeah as soon as we get it up to decent level it would be fun to get you in the car and yeah yeah i'm keen. someone like I'm you keen. that owns you know other Dreams driver's cars yeah you know? yeah right it'd be interesting yeah yeah it'd be cool Okay, yeah. so I normally wrap these up with five questions. Right, okay. Yeah, okay, so... I ramble on a lot, I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. <laughs> First question, five car garage, unlimited value, what are you going to have? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, well, I know the two first ones, which has always been on the top of my list. Uh, okay, yeah. number one is the Alfa Romeo Tipo 33 Stradale. Yeah. 288 GTO. Yeah. Got the Atlantic. 
Ooh. Or Ooh. Or yeah. give me any one of these, uh, you know, Art Deco, whatever it is, Figoni, Falaschi, or whatever. Yeah, the, the Talbots or whatever. Any any of those. But yeah, Bugatti, mm. yeah, for sure. Uh, Bugatti Type 35. Which uh, is your daily driver? You've got one more slot. And I'm, uh, yeah, yeah. And I need something decent to drive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Do you really need something sensible? You, do, you don't. You don't. It just has to fit into your life. life. Oh, put a 911 in there. That's a sensible okay. car. <laughs> and it, actually, I, I don't. I'm, I don't even want a new one. You know, it's, yeah. uh, I'd be happy. I would love like a like a Zinger 911 or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, that's the daily. Cool. That's my daily driver. That's nice. my car, car garage. Yeah, for sure. You know, okay. Yeah, yeah. Next question. You can only drive one car for the rest of your life, and you're allowed like a something on the side to put luggage in, but you've got one car. Yeah, so now that's uh, <clears throat> that's a tricky one. So it needs to be relatively civilized and reliable. I'll go with the two eighty eight GTO. Nice, nice. Yeah. It's a good, it's a comfortable car actually. Uh, have you driven one? I haven't, but I hear you good know, things. It's, it's like a F forty, but more GT. You know, it's yeah. very similar to the F forty. You know. Uh, but it's more comfortable and the seats are cushy. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like quiet. the sort of yeah. connoisseurs of that of that bunch of cars. It's like the one that you can use all the time. And Yeah, it's a very usable car. Like a 308 is usable. I mm. mean, no, it's definitely, I could drive that every day if I could afford it. Yeah, no, very yeah. cool. Right, next question. What's the most undervalued car at the moment? What do you think's cheap or undervalued? It used to be the. Uh, um, I actually haven't. I'm not really keeping in tune on, on that whole market so much anymore. Uh, I would say there are. Uh, it used to be Koenigsegg CCXs used to be undervalued. Uh, they've yeah, gone up sure. in value. Yeah. I would have a look at the CCRs. I mean, how many are there? Twenty or less. Mm. Again, they're really lightweight and really fun to drive. And I mean, there's only like a handful of them. So Koenigsegg CC8 and CCRs, they're definitely worth more than they have sold for. I don't know where the prices are today, but... Uh, I'm not sure. I think like 900, 8, 900, something like right, that. Right, yeah, because they used to be more like 500, of course. Yeah. So, I mean, still, it's like a hypercar made in 20 pieces. Yeah. Those sorts of cars is an interesting one to look at, isn't it? It's like the the early cars of brands that are now more and more and more expensive. Like Koenigsegg have got more expensive over yeah, time. Yeah, they're all three, four millions, and yeah, yeah. Like EB one tens, if like three years ago, that's another one. Yeah, that's uh, that. But I think that's gone up quite a lot. But that was on my has. list for sure. Jaguar XJ two twenty. It's been undervalued yeah. for a long time. I was expecting it to skyrocket. With it's still the, sort of sat there. Yeah, it's a great car. It's a lot of fun to drive, and yeah, it's a great. It's just car. Cool. It looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, EB one ten. Where are those now? Are they over I, a million I don't now? Know. Or? I think they probably are. I don't know. The last time I looked, they were like not eight eight hundred, something nine hundred. But that yeah. was a few years ago, I think. Yeah, but that's. I mean, there's no reason why that shouldn't be higher. Also, yeah. fantastic car, fantastic piece of engineering, and they were well built, and and then you have. I mean, how much better is the McLaren F1 than the EB110? Yeah. You know, I mean, was it? I mean, 
maybe the EB110 wasn't as great, but it wasn't far behind. Yeah. You know, so you have one at 800 and you have one at <laughs> God knows 10, 10 million, million or, whatever, or yeah. 15 million. So, I mean, I'd definitely say it's undervalued, you know, yeah. in, in, in those terms and it's as rare. I, how many did they build? They probably built I, I, less I than, know. yeah. I've lost track of all this stuff since yeah. I'm like in, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a rare car. So it's, that's definitely undervalued for sure. Yeah. So, right. Last question. What is the most interesting car to you at the moment? What, what's, what are you sort of Googling, looking up, checking out? I'm under NDA on some stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I know there's some really cool stuff coming out in 2024. That's uh, like mind boggling stuff. Oh, I have a question on that. Um, one. um for things yeah. that are coming out in yeah. Europe, after I can't, I don't know what the date is, but isn't yeah. there a certain date where all cars are going to have to have a speed limit in them? On them, actually, I'm not sh- sure, but yeah, there's like electronic limiter. I think you know, Volvo has gone in and yeah, they've done it 110. It. Yeah, I'm sure it will come, and yeah, and then I mean, <laughs> one day after the first, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the first crack will be on the market. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You're... And I mean, this has been kind of tried before in Germany, where they limited, you know, for a while. Like Audi and yeah. Mercedes, at least, tried to put a 250 kph limiter on their cars. And I'm not, yeah, I'm not entirely sure where. But I mean, it's yeah, it's yeah. I, I was just wondering if they're with that, if with very low production cars, whether they'll just be able to. I don't know. That. I I, I don't see. know. I mean, we're we're confining to more or less the same rules as yeah. as any big volume cars. There's okay. some differences, but uh, it's very similar, actually. You know, the same emissions, and obviously we do the same crash tests and everything. So, um, is that a horrendously annoying process to go through yeah. for a small yeah. manufacturer? It is, but uh, since we're a small manufacturer, I mean, we also have. You know, we, we have time to rebuild. Like, you know, a lot of okay. these crashes, they're made for like mass volume cars and they, mm. they don't really destroy the car much. So you can use, you know, you don't need to use like 20 cars. I think okay. we'll get by with maybe three cars. So to do like 20 something crash tests with. So, I mean, it's yeah. it's heartbreaking to look at. <laughs> you know, that, yeah. that's, <laughs> I, I guess that's the worst and it's expensive. I mean, we have to do it. And it's good for, again, it's good for the client, you know, and good for me. I know that, you know, we've done everything we can to make this car safe. Yeah. So if something happens, we, at least we know it's it confined with all the, all yeah. the regulations that were set, you know, uh, or better. So Yeah, I think it's, it's really important. And I definitely, whenever I get in older stuff now, Mm. or drive my, my old 911 and things yeah. like that. I'm aware that if something goes wrong, it's going to be pretty nasty Yeah, as opposed to being in a modern car. Yeah, it's certainly, yeah, just simple stuff like not having a neck. Yes. What do you call yes. it? Yeah, uh, neck, neck support. Or neck rest, yeah. I mean, driving an old car with a, like a lap belt and <sighs> you just know your neck is going to get like, yeah. Good old whack, (laughs) even in slow speed stuff. And things like I've got a sort of Momo style steering wheel. It's just metal. And you know, if my head goes forwards, it's just going to go crunch. Yeah, it will bend. 
I've, I've, <laughs> <it> will. <laughs> believe me, I've, I've been a part of, I've, I've seen a fair share of bent Momo steering wheels nice. after. Yeah, it's amazing how hard your skull is when you hit the yeah. steering wheel. So it will, yeah. <laughs> Try to hit the rim. Okay, I'll, I'll yeah. think about that. Yeah when, I'm, yeah, when I'm tucking my legs up away from this, the pedals, yeah. I'll just <laughs> yeah. make sure you hit the rim. I mean, I mean, I, you know, I grew up with people, you know, the whole family was smoking in the car probably, and the kids yeah. were playing with toys on the, on the, on the, on the parcel shelf, you know, there was no yeah. seatbelts until <laughs> later. Yeah. I, I, I still remember that stuff. We were just playing in the back seat, you know, with just running around. There was no seatbelts yeah. really. And then that came like when we were a little bit older in like 1984 or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's when the seatbelts started to come in. But uh, like for real, if you didn't have a Volvo. But yeah. that was, I mean, most people survived. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we're, we're still around, you know. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe maybe you drive a bit more, yeah, with your just, inside of the head when you when you drive it out in all these systems. I, I ride a motorcycle, so I when I'm on a motorcycle, it's like playing a game of chess. You know, when you're in traffic, you mm. always think about what the others will potentially do. Mm. You know, you just analyze all the traffic all the time because you know whatever they do, it's going to be bad for you. Yeah. So if you drive your car like that, you you don't need to worry. <laughs> yeah, I always find it amazing. I'll be driving along and it'll be in, it'll be raining and I'll be on the motorway and I'll slow yeah. down because I can't see and the yeah. car's like aquaplaning a little bit. So I'll be yeah. going like sixty, yeah. and someone will go past me at like a hundred, just Text on their phone, probably, yeah. just probably like, yeah texting <laughs> yeah. and just like, yeah. pfft, and they're like, yeah. why does the steering wheel feel so weird? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like a big Audi A6, whatever. You won't feel a thing. You know, you won't even notice your aquaplaning. It's like yeah. three tons of Autobahn stormer coming. You know, yeah. there's just, you know, yeah. No, and you, you, you're there. It's nice and quiet. <laughs> you're there texting. You know, that's, that's the thing. You know, you don't, you're so cosseted that you feel so safe that, uh, yeah. so I think you'll be fine in your old cars, actually. I'm sure. I I'm bet sure. You, I'm, the fact that you think about it. Yes. Yeah, you know. That's like that, 90%. Yeah. Like, ooh, I better slow down for this one. <laughs> I, I, don't want to, I don't want to bend my Momo steering wheel. <laughs> yeah, so, and you don't want those three dots, you know, in yeah, the forehead. smashed into your forehead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. It's been yeah, really good to you. chat. Yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.